When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, White Sox fans. This is Crystal O'Keefe back with your second episode of Visiting Dugouts. I'm from Southside Sox, and we are also being represented by Fans First Sports Network. Um, so, yeah, we have a very special guest, Britt. She is well acquainted with the Giants and the Yankees, but we are going to be discussing the Giants series coming up. So thank you, Brittany, for coming on. Sure, happy to be here. Yes, tell us a little bit about yourself. My my introduction was very fair. <laughs> yeah, um, I grew up, uh, grew up in the area, grew up a Giants fan, acquired the Yankees as a, a second child. Um, <laughs> in in the later years, my my best friend is a Yankees fan and sort of dragged me along for the ride. So uh, here we are. Um, for for better or worse, I'll put it that way. <laughs> At least the Yankees are usually pretty good. It's a, yeah, they are. It's just it's a complicated existence. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I was a Giants fan back in, gosh, when was that? Last time Tim Linson complained because Timmy has always just been one of my absolute favorite baseball players. I love him with all of my heart. So I he's the best. I have a little Giants connection there, but. Yeah, so first off, how do you think the Giants season is is going to go? Do you feel positive about it? I feel I feel very neutral about it. Um I think that, you know, most of the projections have put them 500-ish give or take, you know, a few wins either direction and that kind of feels on a gut level that feels right and if they're not they're not a bad team, they're probably not a great team. Um the 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 question mark is very much down to a lot of these players that either don't have a lot of track record yet or are I hate to say like retreads, but you know, guys who are sort of coming off of down years or anything that's been sort of the giant bread and butter the past handful of years. And so that can always like go a lot of ways that there's the potential for everything to kind of break right and everybody you know, exceeds expectations and, and they put together a really good season still, but there's also the, the flip side of that where it's, it's also very much within the realm of possibility that all of those things kind of don't break the way you would want them to. And then they're south of 500 then. So it's, I think the reality is that it will probably be kind of right around there. Like I think just statistically speaking, typically like that's kind of how it's going to go. Some of it's, it's going to break right and some of it's going to go bad and you're going to sort of meet in the middle somewhere at the that's, end of it. That's baseball and that's definitely White Sox <laughs> as well. So this is a perfect matchup. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I know Carlos Rodon is now no longer on the Giants and he seemed to do great for you guys. Um, he was, he was fantastic. Yeah, he was, he was a gem. Um, 
And I personally, because of my other rooting interests, was very pleased to see if he was going to leave. I was very pleased to see him end up in New York. So. Of course. But how do you feel about kind of replacing Rodon and what that starting pitcher, pitcher lineup looks like now? I think the only way to sort of look at it is not as replacing Rodon. Like, it's just you can't – there's never going to be a one-for-one replacement for that kind of talent. There's just not. Um so it's another case of like, there's a lot of potential upside. I mean, Ross Tripling and Shamanaya, when they're good, are fantastic pitchers. When they're healthy, when they are, you know, at the top of their game, they're fantastic and they're incredible additions. Um, and Shamanaya, I think just like on a vibe level alone is, yeah. <laughs> is a great addition. He's been so much fun just to watch like during for trading and, and interviews and stuff. But that's another place where it's like, it could, the, the, the ceiling and the floor are very far apart, potentially. Um, and I think it really kind of is all going to come back down to Logan Webb, really, for better or worse. I kind of hate to put it on him entirely because, like, he's only one guy. But, I mean, that's the nature of it. Like, he's the ace, whether – and and he does seem like the kind of – he does seem to have embraced that. Like, I don't think he shies away from that responsibility, but – you know, that's, that's what he is. And that if he does what he's capable of doing, that everybody else has a little bit of the pressure taken off them. And then it gives guys who are coming off of injury, like Anthony Disclafani or like Stripling and Mania, who are kind of trying to get their feet back under themselves the way they, they would like to. It gives them some breathing room to hopefully be able to do that then. Yeah, of course. Um, I know you'll face off to my, well, Whatever day this is, today, let's say today, Monday, <laughs> you guys will face off against Michael Kopech, who is another pitcher that I think has that star power, that potential to be an incredibly talented pitcher. But he always seems to have kind of these first inning jitters and he struggles with staying healthy. And you guys are the problem pitcher I saw was Anthony DeSclafini's or Fanny. So, do you, I mean, he obviously was not great last year. I was looking it up and hit a really high ERA, not a ton of strikeouts, and he's coming off an injury. Do you feel like he might have kind of a bounce back season? I know we're kind of hoping and feeling that way with Michael Kopech because he was in a really similar situation last year. Yeah, I think it's, it's again, very much down to Kenny stay healthy. I think that his results last year were a reflection of the fact that he tried to play through an injury. There was some nagging stuff going on. I don't know how much of last season he was ever really, I don't want to say hundred percent healthy because I don't know that anybody ever really is, but you know, as close to it as you can sort of hope for, I think that a real realistically a lot of last year, he was really injured. So I optimistically would say that I think his 2021 Results are probably representative of the talent there. And so that is, if he can keep himself, keep both limbs attached and keep himself <laughs> on the field and together, that that is the picture that he is. Um, and he had a fantastic spring. So I think it, if he can, you know, if his ankle that was bothered him so much last year is, is feeling good and is in a good place, that he can be a really, really important part of that rotation it's really just a question of how do you manage that because 
yeah, you know, he has had a pretty significant injury history over the past handful of years. So it becomes, especially as you get a little older, which, oh my God, I hate saying that about guys who are like 30. But <laughs> he's like 30 something. <laughs> right. I hate to say that, you know, as, as guys get further into their career, as in they're not going to get carded when they try to buy beer, um, they, it becomes more difficult to think about managing those injuries and, and sort of how do you prevent that and how do you manage any stuff that may be sort of just lingering kind of chronic stuff that you know you're going to have to manage for the rest of however long. Um, so I think that that really becomes the challenge is how do you stay ahead of all of that? Yeah, Kopech, he didn't look as great in spring training, but we also found out that he was dealing with like a respiratory infection at some point. Ooh. And I think the pitch clock is is stressing him out because he is, he, I mean, he admits to kind of being an anxious person. He's, he's been really great about mental health awareness. And so I think that's, as long as that doesn't get in his head and kind of define how he is as a pitcher, he'll be fine. But, you know, again, it's staying healthy for him. I don't think he has played a full healthy season since 2018 and that, was right before, you know, some surgeries. So it's a little scary. But the next day, you do face the White Sox ace right now, Dylan Cease. And he completely shut down the Astros on opening day. Like, just yeah. manhandled Which that. Which is great. That was, I was watching pieces of that while watching it a day. What a, what a gem. Oh, he's so, he is just so good. And, you know, he didn't look great in spring training. But it seems like on the years that he looks great in spring training, he just has a a down year. And then this year looked awful, has proved himself that he was the ace last year. I mean, he was second in Cy Young finalists. So, you know, yeah, he's, he, he's good. He was fit. He was fit. And it's funny because um, Richard Aurelia always used to Say that he never wanted to have a good spring training like he didn't want to be hot at the end of spring training he was like then he felt like it meant that he knew it was going to like turn the other direction once the season started because that's just the nature of it right it's always sort of up and down so it just turned out definitely makes me think of that that like you, you don't want to waste all your all your good pitches <laughs> and all your good at bats in the spring when they don't yeah. count yet that's completely fair so what do you think is kind of the key for the Giants to take this series, even if it's a split series? I think it's always, and this is sort of just probably true broadly for a lot of teams, but I think for the Giants as constructed right now, particularly, they cannot give away out. They cannot give away at bat. You just, they don't, there is no Aaron Judge in that lineup, sadly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's, there's not the same kind of, cushion if you don't take advantage of something or maybe you give away an you know give the opposing team an extra out and and see how that goes there's just not the the cushion for that so um they've got to take advantage of the opportunities and they present themselves and i mean they saw in the second game against the yankees they scored the majority of their runs on a series of just like weird ground balls and (laughs) and just stupid doinks and like not things that were really either team doing anything particularly well or badly but they 
you know, they all the dumb stuff was like they ran out the ground ball when it got booted and or when, you know, something uh, sort of a bunch of no man's land and that kind of stuff. But those are the things that they really have to take advantage of. And I think it's also um, if I say this optimistically, if Bryce Young is in the lineup more over the course of this that series, I think that is also a huge X factor for them that they have not had. They have not had a lot of speed and they have not had that kind of, uh, that sort of very classic center fielder, like run everything down and raise hell in the bases and all that. They haven't had that, a lot of guys like that in the lineup recently. Um, the last, <laughs> ironically, the last time they did consistently really was probably Steven Duggar in 2021, who just wrecked the Dodgers right in September yeah. that year in these like critical moments so um you know and then they made a big deal at the end at middle of last year of oh well, we've got it you know we had to make these moves at the deadline to get younger and get more athletic and it was like okay well so this is part of that is putting some more variety in the in the lineup that way so I think that if he has the opportunity to get on and can take advantage of that that's also the kind of player who can really be a game changer and he does also have the advantage of not having a lot of a book on him. People, you know, pitchers haven't seen him before. He, there's always a little, or can be at least a little bit of advantage for hitters that way, where they can kind of ambush pitchers a little bit or just be able to, to take advantage a little bit of that unfamiliarity. Yeah, we've been seeing that a little bit with Oscar Colas because a lot of pitchers have not, have not seen him yet. Um, but the other thing is we've got, a ready to play Tim Anderson, who has just been a hitting machine in this, you know, Astro series. And we have our odd year, Yuan Moncada, who has also been incredible. Um, like those are our two biggest hitters and Aloy so far has been, has been healthy. He's not running into any nettings. So he, he can also be a, a potential threat to any team, but I know. You know, you just mentioned your outfield and everything, but do you feel like you've got like a big threat on the Astros for any team? Or not on the Astros. <laughs> I'm my brain is still behind. For the Giants, do you feel like you have a big threat on the Giants right now? I feel like Brandon Crawford is showing signs this you know, the first handful of games and and over the spring of being, being being the Brandon Crawford that we remember from years like 2021 and and back you know a few years before that when he had had really incredible seasons and had been an all star and all of that and he's he's looking like he could be that guy again mm-hmm. um, which you know sentimentally obviously is huge and psychologically I think is huge for the team potentially too because he has been he is by far the most tenured guy in the room right now um, and is sort of the last connection to like the 2010 golden years. So I think there's a lot of sort of emotional value there too. I'm also really interested to see um, how Mike Yastrzemski looks as we get deeper into the season, as we get into that series with the White Sox, because he has hit some balls hard, but fell in gloves and just has had, and has had some good at bats and looks like he's, he's, it's coming together. So He's another guy that when he's on, he can be a real pain for an opposing team because he can't hit for some power. He can run. 
Um, he's a good defender, so he can really cause problems when, when he's right. Right. Yeah. Um, so another thing is just kind of, and this, this isn't giant specific, just your kind of general thoughts on this season. Like what teams do you see going super far, doing super great? Obviously, if healthy, because, you know, Aaron Judge could injure himself tomorrow and be out for half the season. So not wishing that upon you or anything, but, you know, just kind of what teams do you really feel like have a good chance to have a winning season? Yeah, I think, you know, the usual suspects are, are the Dodgers and the Astros and the Yankees are, are what they are. I don't think, I don't think they're really shocking anybody. They're, they're there. They're going to be good and probably relatively, relatively predictable ways. Um, I am very curious to see how the, the Orioles do. I think they're in such an interesting spot right now. And, and they, well, one, they absolutely should have done more over, uh, during the off season, but didn't. And now they've sent down, um, you know, some of their top prospects to start the season that people were really thinking or, or expecting we're going to break camp with the team. Um, so how that goes, I'm very curious to see because there is still, there's so much talent on that roster, even as it is. Right. And the nice thing in a weird way about the fact that they do have the, you know, prospects like some of the sort of guys that they have knocking on the door or that maybe in another organization that have been on the roster already uh, to start the season is that when those things like you were mentioned happen, you know, when people struggle, somebody gets hurt, something like that. You've got that in the, you know, that kind of talent in the corner to pull in as opposed to a situation where it's your star player that goes down and now you're, oh gosh, now we've got to try and fill in for this. So, you know, in a weird way, the Orioles, I think, could be better set up than a lot of teams because their plan B in a lot of instances is potentially just an upgrade, in fact. So, you know, I don't know that it's how I would have designed the roster um, to start the season, but I think it does put them in a good position. And I think you can't underestimate the power of a group of guys like that, who clearly all seem to really be close and seem to have a really good sort of connection and, and all are really pulling for each other and, and have been playing with each other for a long time. A lot of them, you know, we've seen that in other organizations and it's just always fun to watch. Yeah. And Rutschman has been so good. I ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I was watching some of the O's on opening day and I was like, whoa, this kid, this is going to be like the dude this year. He's, he's going to just kick ass. Take yeah. He's, all of that. he's, he's so much fun to watch and I'm so excited to see what a full season of him looks like. Yeah. My, I think my sleeper agents are probably the Mariners and the Blue Jays. I feel like they have built such good rosters of really talented people. So I think, I think the Jays might give the Yankees a bit of a run for their money this season. And I just, I have a feeling that the Mariners are, are going to go far. They, they've built up that talent. They had a pretty good off season. So they're kind of my sleepers. Yeah. will be good. Well, I don't have too many questions. That was a very nice little overview of uh, what we can do. So where can we find you? What else do you do aside from work with me with, with, with Willett's pen? 
Yeah, you can always you can always find me um talking about some sort of nonsense and well and um I spend too much time on Twitter still even in, in its dying gas. Um so I'm a Brit outside there you can find me. But uh every time I say I'm gonna spend less time less time on Twitter, I just spend more time on Twitter. So I'm just accepting that that's what's gonna happen until the whole thing finally implodes. I was about to say until it's downfall, we're just gonna get our Right. I am I, I am the the violinist on the Titanic at this point. So okay. <laughs> I feel yeah. All right. Well thank you. Maybe we'll see you again with a upcoming Yankee series. I know that's your other team. So yeah, thank you again. Go follow her, a Brit outside on Twitter. And uh we'll we'll talk a little smack during this series <laughs> in a group chat somewhere. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much.